This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers Blitz on a Wednesday. Just Euler today. No Motsi as Motsi has the day off, but he'll be back in the saddle with us for the rest of the week as we will turn the page and start to look ahead to that game against the Denver Broncos Sunday, 1 o'clock at Heinz Field. A must win for the Steelers? Is there such a thing as a must win in week five? Are the Steelers there already? Oh, these scintillating topics and more on the show tomorrow. Uh, you guys are chiming in already. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, at Wesley Euler on the Twitter.com is where you get at me. If you want to join in on the conversation, I will get to some of your tweets here momentarily. But first, it is a Wednesday here on the show. Uh, that means a couple things in Steelers land. Chief most amongst them, uh, the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, speaks uh, just before the afternoon, you know, late morning, about every single Wednesday, uh, every single Wednesday during the season for for Ben's day, Wednesday, and I'm sure more so than maybe ever before, uh, everybody wants to hear from the quarterback. What's going on with the offense? What's going on with him? What does he think? How's his health? Uh, where's he at mentally? All these different things. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, again, just... Uh, about an hour or so ago, his weekly press conference availability, and, uh, and Ben not pointing any fingers, talking about how it starts with him in terms of getting the offense right. Here's what the future Hall of Famer had to say earlier today. Um, it's okay. It's pretty sore. Um, I showed you the picture. You might not be too well to your stomach, a little black and blue. So uh, just something we all got to deal with when we have played this game of football. Bigger you'll be able to play, though. Uh, that's the plan. It's always the plan to do everything I can to get out there. You know how you hurt it? Uh, I got hit playing football. <laughs> how does that affect the uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not going to make excuses, but it, um, you know, as a quarterback, there's so much involved in your lower body. I know people probably think as, as a quarterback or as a thrower, it's, it's how's your arm doing? Uh, your arm is honestly a small part compared to the whole package. It's your core, it's your lower body. Um, I've got to find ways to um, be better with my lower body. I, going back and watching the game, um, a few times, a lot of the throws that I missed uh, were missed because my lower body wasn't in sync. Um, overstriding, not stepping towards my target, um, things that um, you know mechanically that I, I know I can fix and need to fix. And obviously when you're dealing with pain, it's, it's harder to, to, to get through those things, but Nothing I can't get through, and, and I'll work to get through. Ben, you said after the game you talked about your elbow dipping on some of those throws. Is that all part of the, what you're talking about there? Yeah, and, and, and honestly, um, going back through, I think it was it was more about the lower body than, than my elbow. Uh, I, th I think there is some compensating that happens when you can't drive into a throw. But once again, I'm not, not going to make excuses. I, I've been doing this a long time, played through lower body injuries before. So uh, that's uh, you know things that I need to get better with. Ben, you've now had two in-game injuries, the pec, now the hip. What's your level of concern just knowing that this is a longer season and being able to maintain a health to get through a 17 game? Well, we're all dealing with them. We all deal with injuries, and it's a violent game. Ben, Mike talked about your experience and why he has confidence in you. What from your experience are you using at this point to try and overcome this slow start? Well, we know it's early. Um, you know, we played some good football teams, and uh, – you know, we, we feel like we're, we're making some progress, and um, we just have to find a way to 
at the end of the game have a W on the board. Uh, so you can play well and all those things and get better, but at the end of the day, you want to win the football game. So that's what we, we have to do. And, and, and you know, we, we start this week at home against a good team. Where do you feel like the offense is getting better? Well, we, we, we started running the ball a little bit better last week. Um, I, I think that was encouraging. I think the passing game showed some, you know, went down the field and scored an opening drive, hit a deep ball, um, but just still missing a couple things here and there. But uh, in, in terms of running the ball and the, the, the kind of quote unquote splash plays in a run game, I think that's starting to, to, to show hopefully a little more. Obviously, one of the challenges of this offseason is adjusting to all the new uh, four games in. How much can you attribute some of the struggles of just trying to get comfortable in this offense and everything that Matt's trying to implement? Well, it sounds like you're asking a question for me to blame something, and I'm not going to do that. I think we're, uh, we're all um, not playing our best football right now, and it starts with me, and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep trying to get better. Ben, Mike said yesterday that um, you have the freedom to audible, but maybe not so much in those what he called weighty moments. Do you feel hamstrung at all by not being able to be audible as much as you want as an 18-year-old guy? Well, I think a, some of the the lack of audibling is is just uh, you know an understanding. There's only so much you can do in terms of 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 the plays and the playbook and what how how to audible out of stuff if you don't have a total understanding of of everything the whole playbook, the whole gamut. So um, I'm not going to put it on anything on lack of audibling or being able to do it, not doing it. Uh, we need to execute the plays that are called, and I need to do that. Mike said that, you know, other than age-related things like mobility, that everything is fixed for you. So do you also share that sentiment? Do you think this is something, what's going on is fixed for Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I, I know that I, I can play better football. I believe in myself. I know that... Um, no matter what's going on, I'm going to fight my butt off uh, to get a win. And if that's the way that I need to lead right now by showing these guys that I'm going to do everything I can to to win a football game, then I'll keep doing that. Hey, a lot of the guys that you, a lot of guys that you, when you've had you know rough patches in your early career, a lot of those guys that you were with are gone. They moved on to the next part of their lives. How, who, who are you relying on in this locker room to sort of help? New veteran guys, you know, I spent some time after the game talking to TJ, um, you know, and, and I, I just think that there's, you know, yeah, guys transition out and you, you hate to see them go, guys that have experience and an understanding of the game and, and how to get through rough patches, but there's also new guys here that are that are veteran, that are good players that um, understand it as well. And so guys like that, Cam Hayward, um, you know, are guys that you can, you can talk to and rely on and you guys can come together and formulate a plan and, and see how it goes. Uh, God blessed me with an ability to throw a football, I guess. 2013, you guys started uh, worse than this. I mean, what can you guys draw on from, for those of you who are still here, you, Cam, what, what can you draw on from that start to just kind of pull through this one if you remember much about it? I don't, but we just want to show guys, and it's the exact same thing I've been telling y'all, is we're not going to panic, and we're just going to go um, get ready for a challenge this week. And are, there, are, there physical, are there physical problems affecting the you know what I, I don't want to, to to dwell too much on the physical things the ailments things that are happening because it sounds like an excuse and I'm not going to make that um, I need to be better I need to fight through and figure out how to make better decisions how to make better throws how to um, you know be a better football player uh, and that's why 
I just said, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm not giving up on this season. No one in this building is. Uh, it's still early, and there's still a lot of fight left in us. And some of the things you said earlier, you seen that progression in the offensive line, maybe specifically in Green Bay, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, I, I appreciated what Joe did, you know, coming in and playing at, at right tackle. And uh, Finney stepped in there at the, at the end of the game and did some great things. And, um, you know, we, we were all getting a little more comfortable with each other. Uh, I know that uh, we're losing in the midst of it, which isn't fun. But, um, you know, as you grow and learn about each other, um, you hope that wins start, start formulating out of it. And I, I think they will. Guys, two more. Ben, you had um, uh, 10 times in the no huddle Sunday, and I think 10 week before that. Is that kind of an acceptable amount, considering you know you're behind in the second half? Yeah, it's more just hurrying up and calling like a two-minute kind of offense. You know, you you hate to have to do it because usually it means that you're you're trying to play catch up and whatnot. I'd like to, we'd all like to be a little better being on uh, on pace and, and, and keeping the, um, the the balance and all those kind of things. But um, you know, we. The times we've had to do it, we had to go down the field and score quickly, and I think we've done that both weeks, but we'd like to not have to get to it. Last one. Ben, what gives you, I asked Mike this game yesterday, what gives you I feel like this question shouldn't have been answered because the train is just blocking you. But uh, you know what? Just determination, desire, and love for the game. How about that? Ben Roethlisberger speaking to the assembled media uh, this morning. Wednesday morning, just a couple hours ago there. The quarterback uh, talking about all different kinds of things. His health, the offense. Um, their lack of giving up on this season and just kind of the mentality in the locker room after a slow start. A lot of interesting stuff there from the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Certainly, I think most of those, you know, nothing in there that's real surprising or eyebrow-raising. I think we all know that Ben's dealing with some injuries and that that is um, playing into his struggles and the offense's struggles. Um and I, I, you know, again, I, I don't think that there was a lot surprising there, um, but certainly you always want to hear from the quarterback talking about the offense, talking about his health, getting all these things moving in the right direction. And, uh, and they'll certainly have a challenge doing that against Denver this weekend. Um, Denver, a team that's had their own struggles on offense, and now their quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, is dealing with some concussion issues. Uh, who knows what his availability is going to be on Sunday. But that's a talented Denver defense, man. They can rush the passer. They've got arguably uh, the best one-two combination at cornerback in the entire league. They've got a very talented secondary. Um, so another another tough test for the Steelers as they come back home and hope to get right at Heinz Field on Sunday against the Broncos. Can't ever uh, think about the Broncos without thinking of Myron Cope. Deck the Broncos there, just Yonkos. La 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 la. Some. Then Elway spoiled brat now. Fa la 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 la. It's the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. You can tweet me at Wesley Euler. I promise I am going to get to your tweets here soon. But I said that this would be the quarterback segment, right? Um, ben Roethlisberger, the most popular quarterback in this town for sure. And with all you know, respect to Terry Bradshaw, Charlie Batch might be number two on that list. Well. I guess Terry Bradshaw hasn't lived in this town for a while and doesn't come back too often. 
So Charlie Batch probably is technically the second most quarterback, uh, popular quarterback in this town because he is in this town. Charlie Batch, uh, of course, part of the Steelers postgame show uh, here in our iHeart building on DVE with Stan Saverin. He's been joining the DVE morning show every week as well as Charlie Batch to discuss, you know, the 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 games um, as they've been happening on a week by week basis. And I've really enjoyed. Just Charlie's evaluations and, and and everything he's got to say about the offense and the team's struggles. Here is Charlie Batch this week on the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show, your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joining us now from the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network post game call in show, Charlie Batch, ladies and gentlemen. What's oh, up, hello. Chuck? Hey, good morning, good morning, fellas. Okay, Charlie, let's start at. This is just there's a lot to unpeel here. Ben Roethlisberger's play has not been good enough. He has said that. He knows he has to get better. My question to you, have we seen Ben as good as he is capable of being? I don't think we have, only because this running game hasn't been able to get going the way that we all thought it was going to be. And unfortunately, that's taken a lot of pressure or putting more pressure on him to have to create those balls down the field. And it's just something that really when those things aren't meshing, yeah, he's going to get the blame because, he's, you know, he playing that quarterback position. But unfortunately, there are a lot of other problems and issues that are happening right now in this offensive side. So you don't think that Ben's play is the number one offensive problem? Well, you have to start there, yes. But I think when you peel back the layers and a lot of things that mm. people don't see on the media, especially on the, when you're watching the television copy, the coaches copy, it tells a different story. Okay. So there are things that are really that, that are close, but also there are some, some things that are bad that you may not see on the television copy. But as I go back and I review that film, it's not 100 percent on them right now. OK, so let me ask you this on the fourth down play where he dumped it off to Najee, the same play that they said they ran out of bullets on the week before. It looked like that was a pre-snap decision to go right there. When you look at the film, Fryermuth runs wide open down the field. Now, is that a scenario where the linebacker would have jumped to ca- to cover Fryermuth and he wouldn't have been as open as it looked in that picture? Uh, or is Ben being robbed of the ability to do some going through, uh, you know, all the progressions prior to the snap? Yeah, I think on that particular play, you know, when you freeze the freeze the uh, when the ball is delivered, of course you're going to see Firemuth over there. But if you go from the start of the snap, they are actually only rushing three people. They have four in the line of scrimmage. The left line, the weak side linebacker in that case, he drops out. Ben sees him drops out. So now with that eight man coverage, they have one extra defender that they actually can cover downfield. The issue is instead of the linebacker going to where he was supposed to be, where where Firemuth is standing. He's reading Ben's ass, and when Ben re- looks to the right, he starts to drift to the right. That's why the pitcher makes it a little more open than what mm-hmm. it initially was. So I can understand why people are saying fire move a wide open, but when you have to make that split decision and you see a guy drop out, you're like, man, I cannot get caught or get stuck on that particular read because if fire move does not win, that play is dead. All right, but, you know, so, again, though, addressing the whether or not that is a pre-snap decision that Ben is being robbed of the ability to sort of read and change things up or being encouraged not to, uh, you know, when you saw the other fourth down that they tried with Juju where he's running across the middle well short of the sticks, it was a man buster, but the defense wasn't in man. Nobody went in motion to sort of indicate what was going on there, uh, you know, defensively for the Packers. Take us through how, how does that occur where you get that wrong of a play call on that crucial of a down. 
Yeah, and that goes back to his kind of game planning. And, of course, the coaches are kind of guessing to figure out maybe they're going to be a man. So he's calling a man beater. And like you just mentioned, yeah, they went zone. That just lets me know that the inability that Ben has at the line of scrimmage to audibleize to a play that he knows his zone replay will beat. So that's, you know, so that's just another indicator that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, or at least I've been mentioning, is saying he just does not have the flexibility at the line of scrimmage. And right now, he has to run the play that's called. And unfortunately, when those things don't work, you have to pick one, let it fly. And hopefully that guy, whoever catches it, is able to convert on the first down. All right, Charlie, what's the way out of this? How does the uh, the off- offense solve their problems at this point? Well, right now, we don't even know who we have on the offensive line right now because Kevin uh, Dotson, he actually went out with an injury. So we don't know if uh, – Chooks Okafor is going to come back. We don't know what's going on with Zach Banner. So those issues up front are going to continue to be the issue because those five guys, whoever those projected starters are are going to be, they have to practice together. And they're not practicing Hmm. together. They've never practiced together the entire offseason. That's been the biggest issue. And that's what people are staying away from when you're having these particular conversations. Those five guys has to be and have to work together. And unfortunately, we still have the same issue. So it starts there. And unfortunately, as you watch these films and you're trying to put together a game plan, you are going up against a very good defensive front for those Broncos. So you have to correct those issues and now let everything else unfold from there. The overthrows to Juju from Ben. I want to go back to Ben for a second. When that happens, is that just a misfire or is that a guy who's not trusting his arm and protecting against a pick by erring on the side of erring it out? Yeah, and that just lets you know how how close they are and then how far they are as well because they're not hitting on those particular plays. And when you look at Juju, they had the right uh, play called on. It was you know, a little slant and go, a double move by Juju. He was opening the seam. You just miss it by that, that amount. And it's just tough. And, it, you know, when I go back and look at him, like, man, does Ben maybe look off a little too too long to now get not get his eyes on Juju? Because that safety, remember, he started on the hash where Juju started. He only moved because Ben Roethlisberger moved left. So, that's something that could potentially be corrected there. Um, but then when you look at the deeper one, you're just like, man, how did they miss that? So that's something that I would have to have a conversation with Juju and Ben about to figure out what exactly happened because he was supposed to run a post. I don't know if he went one step too far and didn't come out of his break or maybe been through it earlier. So that's why I would have to have the conversation with those two to figure out exactly what the issue was there. All right, defensively, they're just not coming up with the big plays to stop them when they need to, letting them convert on third down way too often. I know that's a product most likely of all of the injuries they have on the defensive line right now, but this is typically where you'd see the linebackers step up, middle linebackers in particular, and Schobert and Bush, save for the blitz they sent Bush on, uh, which he successfully uh, sacked Aaron Rodgers, those names aren't getting called enough, Charlie. No, and I agree with you on that. They're not whooping the guy up front. And when you look at just the Devin Bush sack, that was because the offensive line just didn't – they didn't read it. It was a great defensive call by Keith Butler, yeah. but there was a guy running wide open. Yeah, you should, you're supposed to make that blitz. But it is a relates to one-on-one engaging in a guy. We're accustomed to seeing our linebackers win the one-on-one and get up there in sacks. Those things just aren't happening at that point. What I'm seeing is linebackers running out of place, allowing huge gains to yes. happen in, up front. So I'm not sure what's going on up front, but they're not reading their keys in the manner that they're supposed to right now, and that's why these big plays are happening. And everyone's focusing on the offense, and they are. I I, I think the offense can get there. 
so, so that they could have won that game. Like, I think if T.J. Watt doesn't get hurt, they win the Raiders game. Uh, if, you, you know, if you're healthy, I think you beat the Bengals. Yesterday, a couple of missed passes to Juju. Those two changed the game right there, I think. Uh, the blocked field goal called back, you know. All of these things need to go the Steelers' way with this lineup. And that's kind of the problem with their makeup, Charlie. They don't have room for error. And I agree with that. On the offensive side, they don't have an identity. And even look, listening to T.J. Watt coming out of immediately after the game, and he's like, listen, we have guys running out of our gaps, and we're giving up big plays. So they know these things are going on because they're having in-game conversations about that. And when you, you know, I just mentioned about you know not being in the right gap. On the big run that Dylan had to get them down inside the five-yard line, you had Devin Bush and you had Terrell Edmonds in the same gap. That's that's not playing sound football. That's undisciplined football right there. So those things, and you just hear those sound bites, you know now guys are starting to get frustrated. So this now puts more pressure on Mike Tomlin to now corral and bring this team together to say, listen, guys, we're not that far off. We're two games out of the playoff spot. You're not going to get the number one seed. Okay, that's realistic at this point, but now we have to keep fighting. So I think this is going to be the toughest task for him to rally these guys to see if uh, for, uh, at some point if he can get these guys to at least playing 500 ball by the bye week. That two home games in a row, starting with the Broncos here, they have to figure out a way to get these fans energized at Heinz Field and create havoc for that Denver Broncos offense. So they have to give us a reason, number one, to cheer, but also they have to produce on the field. Yeah, Charlie, I mean, to Randy's point, I think the offense is a house fire right now, and that is why they get all the attention because you see the mistakes. They're huge. The fourth down plays, the misses, the drops, but the defense is more like a gas leak. You don't know exactly what's going wrong or, you know, until you look at the film afterwards or a guy like TJ comes out and says, yeah, I pinched up. I'm trying to do too much. And that's what happened. Everybody's trying to do, you know, a little bit more. You know, you say, hey, how much more can you do? So, you know, sometimes when you do that, you know, you, t you tend to be undisciplined at times because you're doing too much and not trusting your teammates. So these are issues that are going to continue to happen. And I think when you just go out there, you look at what's going on offensively. It's like, wow, we're not really sure. We're not used to seeing that. We all got excited about the first drive. You're like, OK, this is potential. Yeah. But in reality, when you look back with the potential, only because they scored on the first drive, they snapped, you know, whatever the streak was, I think it was 10 straight games or 12 games without a, a first quarter touchdown. So these things that, you know, we get excited about, but yet the consistency is not there. The one thing that concerns me right now, I love the fact that James Washington was able to produce and he delivered in the manner that he did, but you need that deep threat with Jay Chase Claypool. We don't know where he stands at this point and at least take some of that pressure off of it. And if that is the case, then yeah, I expect to see James Washington more and hopefully Firemuth added in there as well on the offensive side. Well, I'm sure they'll fix all of those issues before Sunday's game with the Broncos. <laughs> Nothing to worry about here, Charlie. <laughs> this is tough, and this is, you know, nobody imagined them being in this situation. I think a lot of people, if you had to turn around and predict your uh, first quarter uh, grace, probably, probably people would have had them three and one, maybe two and two, but nobody envisioned them one and three at the bottom of the AFC North and now looking up at the Bengals, Browns, and the Ravens. There's no way, and that's why the Steelers get frustrated at this point because everybody else's arrow is trending up, and we're trending down right now. We're not used to that around here with Steelers, the Steelers Nation. Well, Charlie Batch will be along with Stan Saverin on the post-game call-in show right here on your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, DVE Sunday, Steelers-Broncos. Charlie, thanks as always, man. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Hi, man. See you, Chuck. Charlie Batch, great stuff. Like I said, that is, that's one of my favorite conversations to listen to now.
every week. Charlie Batch on the DVE morning show. Uh, Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford there, the ones doing the interview, of course. If you're familiar with DVE, you also know Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, part of the morning show as well. Uh, they do a great job. They get the best guests in town. And like I said, I always look forward to them talking to, to our buddy Dave Damashek every week. They catch up with Gene Steratore every week, which certainly was a fun listen this week with, uh, you know, with offsides, blocked kick gate, and, and all the controversy surrounding that call just before halftime up in Green Bay. Uh, and like I said, I always love listening to Charlie Batch on there too. Some real candid conversations uh, about the current state of the team and particularly the offense and the quarterback as well, too. Uh, if, if you're looking for, for more of that, obviously, DVE Morning Show uh, every morning, 6 a.m. to 10 o'clock. You can also check out their podcast feed as well, too. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show for, for all those interviews. If you want to listen to the Gene Steratore conversations, the Dave Damachek conversations, Cam Hayward's on there just about every single week, Charlie Batch as well, too. Some great stuff uh, from the DVE Morning Show. And thanks, as always, to my guy, Joe Rokicki producer of the DVE Morning Show for securing that audio for me here on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. I've been teasing it here for a few minutes. I am finally going to get back, or I should say get to your tweets, when we return on the other side. Uh, One here, though, our buddy Steeler Nation 920 tweets me and says, Denver is good but not good enough. TJ is going to be hangry. We'll be riding those Denver donkeys down the Rocky Mountain victory trail. I always love the tweets from Steeler Nation 920. I'll tell you what, though. Don't underestimate this Broncos team. I think they're a little overrated at 3-1. and one. Like, I don't think they're as good as their record says they are. Particularly, again, if Teddy Bridgewater can't play, that's a, a, a big kicker in that conversation. But that defense is legit, folks. They can rush the passer, and, and they've got one of the best secondaries in football. It's a good thing that you're getting them at home. But this is a, a, a very big test for the offense. I think it is an opportunity for the defense to start to get right, to start to look more like they did against Buffalo in week one, that dominating force that's getting after quarterbacks, that's shutting offenses down. I think the defense has an opportunity to start to get right this Sunday against the Broncos. But it's perhaps the biggest challenge that the offense has faced all year. Seriously, Green Bay has got a good defense. Uh, the Raiders, Buffalo, they have it's not like they've faced a bunch of slouches on the defensive side of the football. I think the Bengals are a little bit better there than maybe we gave them credit for too. But like I said, Denver has a legit pass rush, and they are legit in the secondary. That is going to be a challenge for the Steelers offense for sure Sunday at Heinz Field. Get to more of your tweets. Get to all of your tweets when we come back here in just a few minutes. Last chance to get them in, you knuckleheads. You could tweet me at Wesley Euler if you want to join in on the conversation or any of your questions, comments, concerns, or reactions. We'll get to some tweets. I'll give you my power rankings, my week five edition of the NFL power rankings when we return as well. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.